What is going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, Sacktown FC Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out today at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined, as usual, as every week, by my co-host, John. How's it going, man? Man, you'd think you'd be a little more excited after after a win. We're on a winning streak here, man. That's uh, we've done pretty good. Things are good, man. It's a uh, it's a little different with school coming back and doing remote learning and and trying to work with a first grader here in the house. But for the most part, it's good. So we just keep on uh, keep on doing what we're doing, and hopefully, I can make it out to the next game that uh, Republic's able to play. Because I've missed I've missed the last two because of dad duty. So. We'll get there. How's everything for you? Everything is good. Uh, Korea Seoul just won 3-1 uh, just about an hour ago, and makes me really happy that I get another good weekend where both of my teams uh, actually win. Uh, also, on, on Saturday, uh, I officially turned five years uh, as a Sacramento Republic fan. So yesterday, five years ago, I went to my very first uh, game too. So uh, really interesting how quick time goes on and uh, to remember that first game that you know led to me being here really being right now uh, talking on a podcast uh, but other than that I mean we're still dealing you know with the fires out there with the smoky air which fortunately there at the game things seemed a little bit better but hopefully things get better for everyone and to all those affected hopefully uh, uh, all that goes away soon because uh, it's it's really sad you know to see the the images and, and seeing so many people having to evacuate. Yeah. Important to stay safe. Apparently those, uh, those lightning storms are supposed to hit again down in, uh, at least in the East Bay, uh, in the next few days. So hopefully all my friends down there are able to stay safe and, uh, you know, we can, we can do something to help those who are, uh, been affected by these, uh, tragic events of, of these lightning storms. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of somber, but we'll. Uh, I think we can be there for people too. And if you guys need something, please let Luis or I know. We'll be more than happy to do what we can to support families in need uh, during this time. This podcast is uh, powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at reboot.soccer where you can find out more ways to be a part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find them at You Can Reboot on Twitter and Instagram, as well as online at Reboot.Soccer. And if you go to Combat Soccer, um, with every donation of a used pair of cleats, it will go towards 10, I believe it's 10% uh, discount on your next pair of boots. So if you're down there, buy, or even uh, you know material or uh, equipment that you need, uh, coaches or players. So if you want to go down and you want 10% on that brand new uh, storm kit, go ahead and uh, drop off a pair of boots, get a 10% discount and uh, pick up a brand new uh, storm Jersey. Saw that uh, Becca had gotten hers for uh, Sabrina Williamson, who's a friend of the pod and uh, has been on. So that was kind of cool to see Rebecca uh, supporting uh, the Cal storm, even though she's an Orlando uh, fan. She I'm might be changing actually. I was talking to her, and uh, I don't know. I think things might things might change. I think if I she know. she starts going to more games and uh, getting to know more of that, I know that 
she might be uh, writing more articles for the storm and and yeah. more more things to you know get to know the players. So everyone uh, be on the lookout for that because she is gonna help you know uh, more of the players be known uh, in the communities. Though that should she be is, really great. She is writing a few articles uh, as we speak for the storm and and the program. So hopefully, uh, you know the the initiative that they've started that our cup of tea will sit down with. Uh, Lisa tomorrow from uh, Street Soccer USA on Monday to uh, kind of discuss it. So big day to talk about uh, the initiative that the California Storm uh, is a part of. So we'll see. You can check us out online at sacktownfc.com where you can also uh, get a link to purchase one of our new summer scarves that are still on sale with uh, Roughneck Scarves. Uh, you could also join our Patreon or our uh, supporters group and you know get on with that by being a part of the show even more so uh, like participating like podcast mom who does some of our live after game reviews you could be on the show with us as well just like uh, podcast mom and even participate in live shows like uh interviews with podcast magic villian bijev who's going to join us on tuesday so lots to look forward to join us uh, in the squadron uh Anytime you can on Patreon, there's a link in our website to do that. On our website as well, you can check out Becca's new article uh, for the NWSL to Sacramento and nine players that might be nice to suit up in a in an NWSL jersey here in Sacramento. So check out Becca's new article as well. So Luis, uh, today we are actually this is officially a win streak, and it's a nice win streak. Uh, you know, sitting at 18 points. We've taken a lot of points out of the last few matches, which has been great to see wins. Uh, I don't like seeing giving up goals and having to come from behind, but you know, this last match against uh, T2, a 2-1 victory for the Republic. Um, and now we have a few, a few days off to kind of reflect what's, uh, what we could do better or where we need to shore up. And then we play off. Um, in Portland this time against the same T2 team that we just beat 2-1. And we're having a struggle with T2. I mean, we three goals, four, one against everybody else seems to uh, just eat them up. And it really is starting to irk me that we can't eat them up like these other clubs are. So before we get started, these were the reactions to last night's win from Coach Briggs, Drew Skundrich, the captain, and a returning Shannon Gomez. So take a listen. Tonight was a tale of two halves, to be quite frank. Uh, I think first half was non-existent, not very good at all. Uh, no intensity, no no desire, no passion, not willing to get on the ball um, the way that we wanted them to. Um, we made a few little adjustments in midfield for the second half and... Um, basically, Asta played with two tens and asked them to step to the their two sixes, um, which I felt gave us a little bit more, a little bit more of an advantage in the middle of the park and didn't give them so much space to play. And we became a little more aggressive and moved the ball a lot quicker with a lot more intensity, um, and scored two goals. But we should have scored more. Uh, we have to continue to work on that aspect of the game. Um, cause we, we leave teams in games and that's a dangerous thing to be doing. 
Yeah, so tonight's game, obviously, great win, great, great team effort in the second half to battle back from one nil down and to get those goals. That was that was huge. It showed immense character with the group. Um, really proud of of how re- resilient we were on the field. Um, we didn't start the game that that we wanted to. We didn't come out with the right energy and attitude. Um, but we grew into the game. We moved it side to side, kept the ball flowing, and we created chances and and we took those chances. So. I'm happy, happy that we won. Tonight's game, you know, we've, you know, won the, the, the past couple of games. And um, tonight was one of those games that we, we really needed to keep that streak going, you know, uh, confidence-wise and to keep building on great performances and to piece together all the, the good things we've been doing and training and working on and stuff. Um, personally, for me, it was a memorable game uh, being out for so long and, you know, just coming back and contributing to the team all over again, it's its, it's just something spectacular to me. And, um, you know, it's an emotional day for me, you know, something I want to reflect on. And um, I hopefully I was an inspiration to somebody else tonight. Um, you know, the team did a great job in, you know, coming back from behind to, to win the game and put it in a perfect position for me to come on the field. Um, but, you know, we're happy to get another another win and um, and keep the ball rolling. Cool. And uh, we're back. So, you know, interesting uh, reactions by the three of them. I think one of the things that stands out to me the most is uh, Coach Briggs realizes that it was a tell of two halves, as he said. Uh, first half was definitely not good because if you get scored on by Timbers 2. Let's face it. You said it, John. Timbers 2 is that team that everyone has a party with. You know, everyone scores four or five goals against them and for them to score first against you is hey man it's 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 really not something that you want to see you know and and it definitely highlights a lot of the errors mistakes that the team made Uh, but you know despite that I would say that I did see a different Timbers too than the first time we played against them at Portland and I think that that could be reflected with if we look at the stats both teams had 12 shots. Both teams five, had five on target. Uh, this was a much closer game than we did at Portland. And uh, I think it's understandable because you might get a terrible team, but eventually they might have a game that is not as bad as others, you know? And I think even though they didn't play as good, they could have easily won. And yes, you know, we had mistakes. Yes, it falls on our side. But I think we do have to give Timbers to some credit because it wasn't just our errors. I just I saw a different team, and uh, but fortunately, you know things things were different in the second half, as uh, Coach Will said. But we can't keep having first halves like this. This was Timbers too. If it was Reno, I mean, if it was Tacoma too, I don't think we would have had the same luck. I think we ran into this luck where we started playing better. We started playing as many we should have played initially. And we got the win because, again, we were playing against a, a weaker side. But they need to realize that they need to correct these mistakes before you play against someone else. Well, a lot of this started in the second half against Tacoma, right? We were up 3-0 against Tacoma going in the second half. And we saw kind of a, um, I don't want to say a letdown, but it really wasn't the same team you saw in the first half. Again, another game of, of the tale of two halves. You go into this match, your duels, right? 
we've talked about this in the past where coach wants to see a more physical team. You lost the duels by a good 7%. And you can't go into these matches. Yeah, you had possession. Your passing accuracy was good. It was 86% to 78% for passing accuracy. But the team just, again, it's that midfield. It's almost like the midfield just something there that needs to be corrected. And I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. We'll talk more about where some of the errors that we saw came from as we watched, uh, we watched the goals again. But I think the main thing that we're seeing is we can't play a full 90 minutes. We play a good 45, but in terms of the match, it's just, you gotta, you gotta play a full 90 because teams like Phoenix Orange County, uh, San Antonio, and uh, I don't know. Did I say Phoenix? You got Phoenix, Orange County, San Antonio, even Reno. I mean, these teams are getting to the point where they know how they're they're watching because playoffs are coming, and they're watching the way the Republic play. Oh, we got all we have to do is get a big one half, and or get them down or beaten or defeated. And we can beat them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just the same way like you. I think if we look back, I would even I would say all the games probably we've had we've had good halves, good sometimes second halves, sometimes first halves, and for some reason either we can't keep a a win as you know was the case at the beginning, or you know we struggle to try to keep a win, and then where we end up like wanting the referee to end the game at the end, you know, and, and we're end up uh, getting close to being tied towards the end. So definitely things that need to be corrected because if we keep dealing with those things, it's not going to be good. Anytime again, we're down in the scoreline. Uh, we're going to struggle a lot. And again, this was T2. Maybe if it was another team, maybe halftime we would have been 2-0, even 3-0 down. And what do you do after you or in that situation, which we haven't really been in that situation, fortunately. But if we do get to be in that situation, I think it's going to be really difficult for us to have any reaction, which we should we should have a reaction to that. And again, we should be able to keep leads. You know, we should be able to, to score in all the opportunities that we get, or most of the opportunities that, you know, we have. Well, the reaction here, I mean, we, re- we responded with two goals in the second half. I would say I think the more defeating thing goes back to the goal, right? When we break it down and you watch the play develop, Cameron should have dropped back just a little bit, in my opinion. I felt like he should have opened up some support. You had Villian checking the ball. And just like in the Tulsa game, that ball slides right through two midfielders. This time it goes Right over the foot of Villian, goes right past Drew. And then you have Sargis checking to the ball. Now, I would have liked to see Sargis, you know, potentially do a foul there because the guy had him beat, turned him, turned him outside, and was able to, to get a crack at the top of the 18. Tomas could have left his feet to try to break it up, but you, you've got to do better. You've got to do better. And and those are the little things like I don't know if it's a defense thing. I'm starting to think it's more of a midfield thing or, or problems in the midfield. And it's got to be fixed. 
Yeah, it's definitely got to be. I mean, they, nobody marked uh, number, I believe it was number 66, Sanguiano from a T2. You can't let him have that much space. Our midfield was just not putting pressure on him. Of course, he did what any other player would do and, you know, give an assist uh, right there. And, you know, of course, Gonzalez was going to take advantage of it. I mean, he had his chance. You know, I'm sure he saw Sargis coming out for him. He did what any other player should have done, and it worked out for him. You know, he gets a good shot and, you know, impossible for Rafa Diaz or pretty much any goalkeeper to block that. But it did really all start with the midfield. I think looking back at it, initially when I first saw it, I thought Sarges was the one mainly to blame. But if you guys take a look at it right when the play starts, Anguiano is left unmarked for a really long time and that's why he gets that pass had someone put a little pressure on him maybe he is not as good with that pass or maybe he doesn't actually do the pass or maybe he does it someone else yeah you got to fill the lanes i mean any anytime you give space you got to fill the space villian could have filled it scundridge could have filled it instead they're both going at the ball and it created the created the perfect little little movement space to put it into and Aguiano made a great turn. Again, I, I, I think Sargis would have been better served to foul him at that point And in that position, but he made a great turn and, and had a, had a good crack at it, put it a uh, far post on, on Diaz. And so we're at, we're, we're already down one nil in the 30th minute. You know, I think about it and it makes me wonder if it could also be that, the players were too overconfident that they thought well, we're playing against T2. I mean, these guys don't really know how to score much. Like what are the odds that they're even going to have a good shot? Like, could that because have also been already, the case? No, because they played T2 a week and a half ago and they only beat them one nil. So you knew what you're coming into. You know, you can't beat Portland or you can't do what Reno's done or Tacoma's done to them or anybody else in the league. You got to respect them. I mean, you only beat them one nil. So how are you going to come in and, and have swagger on a team or, or confidence on a team that you only beat one nil and everybody else is drubbing three, four, five, one nil. You know, I feel that swagger could have probably come from the fact that like we scored three goals in the last game. Like maybe there's that overconfidence because of that. And even I thought I'll have to admit, I thought we were going to see a much different team than we did in that first round against T2 because I mean, they scored three goals the team seemed to, you know, be on that, like, uh, scoring rhythm, you know, like more players uh, had an opportunity. Cameron had his 50th. Like, there was more confidence there that I really felt in this game. And I even I even sent out a tweet. Thank you to the team for actually putting the tweet up uh, on the match. But I thought, you know, 3-0 would have been something that we could have seen. In fact, I even put 5-0 would have not been far-fetched, but maybe that was too over wishing but at 3-0 I think uh, wouldn't have been anything like crazy to think you know that we would score that uh, but you know it ended up being different I don't know what's what's wrong I mean we scored three goals against the Tacoma which on paper it's they're supposed to be stronger than T2 we beat Reno who you know beat San Diego yesterday has been other teams but we still beat that team that 
it's like something opposite is happening with the team that we play against stronger teams and we tend to do a much better game than when we play against weaker teams like T2. And, you know, we, we actually don't live up to what we should be against the, what is supposed to be a weaker side. So there is, there's something interesting going on there, which I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I watched, you know, I watched the, the Aguiano Gonzalez combo and they, they play well together. Aguiano sits in the midfield. He's able to play those balls through sending up Gonzalez for that nice goal. But even in the, in the 13th minute, Gonzalez had created himself some chances uh, and made Rafi uh, make a good save. So there's a lot there, lot to dissect uh, from this match. If you look at the first half, second half, total different story, but uh, why don't you give us some insight on that? Yeah. I mean, if you guys go in and check out that goal again, I think my highlight of that goal isn't necessarily Drew scoring the tie or, you know, Drew being the one to score the goal, but let's look at Ash. I don't know about you, John, but I think Ash has probably been one of the best new players that we've had this season because I saw him, you know, have like really high speed. He had really good precise passes. I mean, in this goal, he does that assist. It's a perfect assist. Like, you couldn't have been any better. And he really seems like he's really owning up to his position, and rightfully so, really, you know, taking charge of that position in the starting 11. And it's going to be challenging, I think, for anyone to take away that position unless he gets injured. He's definitely shown he's capable of playing in that role um, in the wing back. I think he fit the the need at the time and and it wasn't his regular it's not his regular position by far you still see glimpses of the mistakes and coach still is on him about you know little things and and staying in in line but for the most part he's definitely growing and he's becoming more confident he's becoming a better uh wing back and able to really help push and drive forward now can he shows glimpses but then for every two good deeds or good things that he's done, there's always one that you're like, all right, he's still learning this position. He doesn't have a down pat yet. I mean, he's played wide. He's played in that position. He's played a wide position before. That's why he's so good going forward offensively, but defensively is where he's going to have to start to um, clean it up a little bit more and, and make better choices and, and work on the full arsenal not just being able to go forward but know when to go forward or when to play or where to play the ball and make himself available i think that's all going to come um in time but now with gomez back that gives uh there's some uh competition and barona isn't far from uh coming back either i bet yeah so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he responds, responds to that. But, you know, his story is actually really inspirational. So for all those who might not know exactly where he came from, he was actually a part of the tryouts that the Republic had earlier in the year out of, I don't know the exact quantity, 100, 200 players maybe that went out, tried out. He was the one that got signed. So, you know, shout out to him because... Again, I think he's he's really trying to, you know, make his uh, case, you know, to, to gain that spot. And he's really 
he's really leveled up to the team. You know, he he's really been a player that almost seems like he's been in the USL for a while. And he has been, you know, with other teams uh, around the world, in fact. Uh, but, you know, I think coming to Sacramento, he's really starting to to fit in the team. And, and you know, I think it, it makes any fan really happy to to see those stories of a player that comes from a, a tryout, make it, be in the starting 11, be playing there. I mean, I don't know about you, John. I mean, I'm younger than Apollon by just a couple of months. But I think for any younger player, it would serve as inspiration, right? To say like, wow, I'm going to go to those tryouts because there might be an opportunity, you know, that I make it and that I'm able to play in a USL game right off the back, right? Because literally a couple of months or back like two months later, he was already playing with the team. Well, his story, it reminds me very, uh, it's very similar to the story of a, of a young lady who, uh, played for New Jersey for Sky Blue during the NWSL's back, uh, you know, the Challenge Cup, the NWSL Challenge Cup, and Jennifer Cujo, who also uh, played here in Sacramento for the California Storm, um, you know, wasn't somebody who was highly sought after in college. Um, Jamie and everybody gave her a chance to come out and, you know, show what she she can do. She grew as a player and a person, making some wonderful plays and, and contributing to the storm to where she got an invitation to try out and took that invitation and did really well. So Ash could be very, uh, very similar to that Jennifer Cujo mold. And we'll see what happens uh, going forward. If Ash can keep improving um, his game, playing that wingback position. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting because Shannon is, is a good player as well. And, Barona comes back he's also really good so they are going to have a lot of competition and it's good because you want a competitive wing and in the event that an injury happens which we know injuries are really you know something that all players risk but more so on the wing and you know we saw it with uh, Shannon you know in his in his really long injury then at least you have someone there to back them up and and so it, it's always good to have more uh, depth there so I mean, if you, go back, if you go back to the goal, right, he he works his way down the wide, first-time ball in. The defender should have done a better job of cleaning it up, and he made a mess of it and it <laughs> fell right to Skundrich's feet for the finish. Uh, you know, it, it's those little things that, yeah, there's a little luck. Uh, it was a great ball to go through and, and a good, uh, good finish by Skundrich to uh, level the game up. Yeah, and you know the rest was history. But that goal definitely gave a, a lot of confidence uh, to the squad. And you know, talking about the next goal, talk about confidence, right? Cameron scores again. It's fifty-first. I said it before. He scored his fiftieth. Just let Cameron score his fiftieth, and I think we might be seeing a different player that is going to be more inspired, is going to try and take advantage of uh, more of the opportunities that he gets. And rightfully so, you know, he gets that chance. The chance uh, is worth the three points. And, it, you know, he, he gets that goal. But I would also say great vision by Jordan McCrary. That was a perfect assist, perfect uh, clear path to goal. He saw it from afar. And I think he's he's been really inspiring 
and he's he's done a lot of good too, uh, along with Ash. But I think I've seen McCrary do more uh, good and and have more opportunities this season. Yeah, I mean that that's the ball that's been beating us, right? You go back to the Tulsa game, go back to the first uh, Tacoma game, go back to this game. It's those long midfield passes, those 30, 35 yard passes in that guys are able to do something with. And this is that prime example, you know, Jordan picked the ball up uh, high. We'll say about 30 yards out from the, from, from net, maybe 25 takes a couple of touches. In fact, it's a ball's played to him from Carlton and it's one, two touch back into the box. Cameron makes a good run out towards the, the wing to create space and, Two one Republic, so it was a good ball from uh, Jordan to to set Cameron up. I wouldn't say it's confidence. That's what Cameron's been doing. I mean, that's that's what he does. That's how he scored fifty one goals. Is he knows where the goal is? He knows how to use the positioning, um, and in that case, did it. And he's been doing. He does that a lot. Yeah, he's definitely being that Cameron we used to know. Uh, but I really do think that maybe scoring that 50th, even though he said he didn't really put too much importance on the 50th, rightfully so, because, of course, you know, at the end of the day, all players would much rather have a championship than claim I scored so many goals because uh, that is the end goal after all. But I, I think it's it's helped him, you know. And, and I think when, when a goal scorer has that, when they start scoring, then it's almost hard to stop them scoring, you know. And we've seen that with, I mean, with almost any player around the world, you give them a good uh, scoring streak and then they get a really long scoring streak. And opposite is also true, as you know, we saw with Cameron, you go a long time without scoring, then you kind of start losing some of that confidence, that goal. And, and you know, it takes you, you know, another goal to have that again. And, and so hopefully we see a different player in the next um, upcoming matches. But it's it's really exciting to to see him back there. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out in this match, uh, it's it's almost, I'm almost like a record machine repeating myself game after game, but got to give him a shout out once again. Coach once again did four subs. Uh, I talked about it last week. Werner is great coming off from the bench. He puts him on again. And in my opinion, he is probably the super sub. He has some opportunities. You know, again, not able to capitalize on him, but it's great to see him have those opportunities, especially, again, coming from the bench. He's uh, starting to have that reputation where he comes from the bench. He helps us at least, you know, manage the scoreline, keep the ball away from your own end. And that's that's really what you want from a sub, right? Because we know he has the speed. You know he has the good dribble. He'll give you, like, a fantasy play. and that's again that's what we want to see from someone uh, coming in as a sub and and you know he like you mentioned in the last pod he might just have to live it up to this role for a good while because it's working out and I hope he doesn't get like too demotivated from the fact that yes he's coming out from the bench because he's playing much better coming out from the bench than in the starting 11 and that's how we saw him last season he had most of his appearances coming off from the bench. And I just think he's more suited like that. He's just one of those players that does much better coming off from the bench, which isn't always bad. I mean, you're getting a lot of players that 
you know, can get tired from the game, you're full of energy coming out from the bench, go at it, especially with his ability. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he this is the role that he he is best suited for right now. Um, he comes off the bench. It's need, right, versus want. He probably wants to start, but he needs to come off the bench. He needs to be able to have that explosive speed, especially if teams um, don't have the depth in the back line or in the, the wide midfield to be able to sub and, and get fresh legs. So Sam can come in. He can really challenge those wide defenders, those wings, uh, and, and make the game a little easier for everybody else. Um, and I hope that he embraces this and he he realizes what his strength is, and that's being the super sub of this team. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll keep it up. Yeah. So moving on to our uh, new section, which we previously we just say it, but gotta say it now in every game. Our man of the match. Uh, I know you are not going to like my man of the match, but let's start first with your. What do you pick? So my man of the match is going to be Jordan uh, McCrary. I think Jordan has done a really good job. He's played that wide position really well all year long. Um, you know, he's been able to cut inside to create chances. He's, t- you know, last night was able to uh, find position, find space in the middle of the park, play that great ball into Cameron. And people were like, oh, this is a new skill. This isn't anything new for Jordan. He's been able to do this. He's just got a little more freedom, it seems like, at times, especially when the team's pushing for a goal, to kind of use his ability to cut inside, his ability to play those balls. And he's done it every year here in Sacramento. But I don't know. I think it, sometimes it goes over, overlooked because of who's finishing, right, or, or who's in front of him. But my man of the match was was Jordan because I think he probably had the most solid game, um, you know, challenge wise, winning challenges. He has he has not made a lot of mistakes uh, this year. I think he's you know he's really starting to show quality, and it's good for him. Yeah, I've definitely been a, a fan of him as well, and. Really glad to see him doing good. Uh, I know last season, again, he ha- was actually doing a, also really great. And I, I recall uh, being able to have some of those field seats and hearing him and how he really communicates in the field is, is something good. You want to see any player do that. So, again, my man of the match, someone you do not agree with, but I would say our captain, Drew Skundrick, in my opinion, true, he didn't have a good first half, uh, made some mistakes. That first goal definitely was a big part of that first goal. But I think second half, and coach must have probably talked to him, being that he's his captain. He must have told him, like, you know, you guys made mistakes. We need to correct these. And we're playing against Timbers too. You guys have had opportunities. You guys need to go out and score. We need to get a win from this match. Unacceptable for us to lose, even tie. We need to get the win because I saw a different Drew. I saw him have a couple of close chances. You know, probably one of the most uh, memorable ones was the one in the 51st minute with an incredible save by the T2 goalkeeper. I don't know how he managed to 
uh, stop it. You know, Mustach has been a reflex, but to his luck, it hits the post. He's able to get it back, and it, it ends like that. But uh, aside from that, even before the goal, I saw a different attitude. You know, he was going more. He was putting more pressure on the ball. Uh, and that's really what eventually led to his tying goal is that I think that uh, obligation that he probably felt he had to fix his mistake, which again, I'm sure coach told him about that, that he knew he had to go out and give it his all. And if, you know, he didn't score a goal, at least, you know, he could say like, you know, I had a different second half and thankfully he scored the goal. I think it's going to help him a lot to have that. Um, but, you know, hopefully he, he fixes those mistakes he made in the first half. But other than that, I think he he's still learning as a captain, true. You know, he's probably uh, having, you know, of course, his first experience as a captain with the team. And so, you know, I say we have to give him more time because it's, it's a learning experience. Uh, we talked about it off air. There's not really that much players that we could nominate for that captain ban at the moment. Uh, we just don't have... I think a lot of veteran players that could really probably step up to that role currently. Uh, but I say we get more time. I think he might be a, a good captain uh, and towards the end of the season, especially. Yeah. I'll say, uh, you know, the 51st, 52nd minute when he makes the, uh, the play on net, did a really good job of finding the rebound and repositioning his body. Keeper did a good job of getting a hand on it. Unlucky finish um, opportunity there. But, you know, those are, those are all things that we've been, we've been looking for. We wanted to see the guys get the ball on target. This match, we had 12 shots, and we had five on target. Okay, we, we still have a lot of cleaning up to do there, though. So we're, we're doing better. We're, we're adjusting our bodies to, to get shots on target, which uh, Drew did there. So hopefully they can, uh, they can um, start to put them in the back of the net this game could have been 3-1, could have been uglier, right? But mm-hmm. in the end, 2-1 to the good guys and the bad guys go home with an L. So speaking of uh, Drew, you know, let's uh, take a quick listen here. Uh, you know, what do you have to say about his reaction, especially after that T2 goal? I know, John, we were looking at the replay. You could clearly see him uh, pointing out to the midfielders and, you know, signaling that they should have done something different. Uh, he talks about that and about what he should have done and also about the game triangle. I was kind of in that holding midfield role um, just for that play. And I saw in front of me some guys that, in my opinion, weren't, weren't working hard enough defensively. We weren't shifting side to side. We weren't on the same page, weren't connected. So that was that was frustrating for me. And um, I have to put that on myself as well because I wasn't talking to them at that moment, telling them the shift to shift to keep working. Um, so that's something that I need to improve on and something that we need to improve on as a group. Um, and once they scored, yeah, I was, I was furious. I don't like conceding. Um, so, yeah, I just tried to, tried to hold people accountable. Um, and then, yeah, it got better from there. So one thing I thought that, that was interesting, you know, about his reaction is that he talks about holding players accountable. And again, we clearly see him do that after the uh, goal scored. He's trying to like point at them. But shout out to him for taking the responsibility as a captain that he was also to blame, that he 
has a lot to fix because it takes a lot for a player to admit faults. We've seen a lot of players that want to point the finger to someone else, even as captain, you know, they could say, yeah, you know, I did my best. It's on them. I told them what to do. Essentially, you know, putting your team under the bus, but he actually takes the blame as any captain should, because, you know, you are the captain. If mistakes are made, especially if you were right there involved in the play, then, you know, I, I think it's, it's good to, to see him do that. And, and I think after hearing him speak, that's why I think I have more faith in him being a much better captain and learning from his mistakes that he is dealing with now. So really respect that and uh, glad that, you know, he takes responsibility for the mistakes done. I mean, on, on his end, lead by example, right? There's no reason to call it the other midfielders. You, you're just as much to blame for the goal as they are. Explain to them, hey, my bad. Let's do this. Let's fix this. Instead of what looked like it was a verbal, like, reprimanding on his half to Villian and, and Roro, it's almost like you have to own that and be like, okay, guys, we got to clean it up. Here's what we need to do next time. But we'll see. I, I hope, again, this is a learning opportunity for him. There's still a lot of uh, a growth that needs to occur, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then uh, our, our really our, our last point right now of the match, you know, it was close to the end of the match, and we see a player that we actually have not seen in man, almost a year, maybe a year already, and that was Shannon Gomez. Incredible recovery. He went through a really bad injury. Uh, he came back. He had... Great performance in a couple of minutes. I mean, it, we, we couldn't really see him as much as uh, we would have liked, but in the couple of minutes he had, you know, he did the job. Uh, everything was was well, and hopefully, you know, he is uh, at a better level, which I think he'll get there. Uh, you know, we got to give him a couple of matches. Uh, I would still put him in as a sub, probably for the next two, maybe the next three matches, so he could start, you know, getting that uh, level up and, and really – get that feel again, especially because, again, he was out over a year. That could really hurt a lot, and it really takes a while to, you know, go back to that match fit. So also during the press conference, uh, Coach was actually asked about the meeting he had with the team. I don't know if you noticed, John, at the end of the game, uh, Coach had a quick little meeting. He was talking to the team, and even when I saw that, too, I thought that was great. Yes, the team won. But coach probably had a lot of things to, to say there, uh, right in there, I'm sure. Uh, but he also talked about Shannon's return. And Shannon also was asked about how he felt about his return. And it was an interesting reaction from Shannon on how he found out he would be sub. So check out what, what he had to say. Yeah, I think um, I just pulled all the players in and gave them my you know my thoughts on the game and uh gave them credit for their second half performance um and then I you know I pulled Shannon in and said just gave him gave him the credit he deserves Shannon's been through hell for the past year and you know and it's a it's a it's a mental challenge when you you know when you go through what Shannon gone through to stay focused and stay strong and still continue to try and see the light at the end of the tunnel um and Shannon's done Shannon's done that um, and it was funny because when I called his name tonight, like he looked at Jaime and he said, did coach just call my name? And like with a big smile on his face and Jaime said yes. And then his eyes lit up and he came jogging towards me. 
Um, and that, that's what it means for him. So I'm over the moon for Shannon to get back on the field. And Shannon's an important player who can add a lot to us. So being able to get him minutes and being able to have him back, um, it's just a good moment for him and a good moment for the football club in general. Yeah, um, it, it was such a, um, it was just a moment that shocked me, you know, like I heard him call my name and I was like, he's definitely not talking to me. I'm going to do two more sprints. I'm just going to admire my business. And he was like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, get ready. You're going in. And I was like, oh my God, my heart started beating really fast, you know, like, okay, the moment's here. Like, I got to be ready, you know, and, and, and right away I went into defensive mode, like, you know, ready to. You know, I, I was ready just to tackle somebody, you know, um, and I, I'm thankful that he, he, he trusted me in that moment um, to return to the pitch and, um, and, and give all I can, you know, uh, even it, if it's a couple of minutes or, or whatever, you know, just him believing in me again is, is, is something amazing. And, and I, I'm very thankful to the club for that. It really was a interesting story, right, John? Like Shannon at first... Uh... Couldn't believe that he'd be coming back and coach actually, you know, did one against a minute, which was uh, something really good to from coach. Yeah. Two things come to mind. One, always be prepared to play, right? Even if you don't think you're going to play, be ready to play. I think coming back from an injury, Shannon, you know, his hopes weren't up to play. Like maybe he needed another, another training session before he got in, but um, it was definitely funny to hear the reaction hope he put his cleats on the right feet didn't look and see if he had that it's better than uh you know some of our other kids who've come on who've forgotten their shin guards and you know so it was, it's it's definitely uh it was interesting to hear shannon be like who me what me me no not me me okay i'm in so that was kind of cool yeah that, that was really it was really great to to see him there to to see him back on the pitch and uh, I mean, inspirational and something else he said in the press conference, uh, we don't have that clip here, but he was also talking about the friendship he's had with uh, Grinwis. And as we all know, Grinwis actually had a similar injury to Shannon and they've actually, you know, had a lot of talks uh, initially Grinwis, you know, before he got injured, he would uh, try to motivate Shannon and, Keep in mind, they had never met before. It wasn't like they were friends before, but Grin was, you know, seeing him there, you know, he tried to make him feel better. And now Shannon's on the other side, you know, really helping uh, Grin was get over the injury and, and not so much, you know, just get over the precise injury, but also over the, I guess, the the mental hit that it takes, right, John? And I know you've dealt with injuries. I mean, I've never dealt with injuries because I haven't played competitively myself, but it really takes a big mental toll on you, right? Because you don't know how you're going to return. You don't know if you're going to get injured again, if you return. I mean, it, it could potentially be like a career ending injury, right? It's definitely, uh, it's definitely hard when you, when you get the news of, of any kind of a knee injury, especially an ACL, you know, when I was in college, you know, God, 2001 we didn't have the resources like they do now where you can get you know a sports psychologist somebody to help you with the mental game because it's a mental grind man and if you don't have people in your corner you know you're away at school you've still got to be able to do your your education part this is different it's pro but you still need you still need to pick me up you need to the the mental game is extremely important 
and it will help get you through because there's a lot of lonely moments at training table gets lonely sitting on it when you're having to do stem and rehab um, because sometimes you're at rehab you're like this is just silly why am I here like I could do this on my own and then you you can't it's just a mental grind and you know it'd be good for Greenwich to have Shannon in his corner to walk him through the process um, and and help him recover it's a it's a long timetable you would think that our medicine would be or the way we operate or the way we rehab we'd be back in six months but this is one of those injuries those ACLs man it's nine or plus nine months or plus because you don't know what else is going on in that knee and, and doctors when they go in they'll see stuff and they'll clean up things and make sure it's it's good to go but you know good to see Shannon back hopefully we'll see Adam back um you know next season and we'll uh we'll look to do it uh hopefully no more ACLs or any other knee injuries going forward yeah definitely hopefully not and uh, shout out to Shannon for returning. We're really glad to see him back. Uh, can't wait to see him back in the starting 11, but, you know, really happy to see him uh, recovered from this injury because, like you said, it is really bad. And getting through it and, you know, getting that confidence again, I think is going to be really great. And that's why I think he, he needs to come in as a sub, slowly gain that confidence again. And, you know, I'm hopeful we'll we'll see him as a, starter here uh, at least you know before the season ends as well yep so you know we got we got a 10-day break between yesterday or saturday's match and then our next match on september 2nd against the same t2 team interesting side note this is how this is how i'm this is why i'm upset if you look at everybody else in the league in group a goal differential Goal differential, goal differential, goal differential. Reno, 10. Us, 5. Sounders, minus 1. And then you go to this Portland Timbers team, a minus 20. They have scored 5 goals. They've given up 25 goals. And out of the 25, we played them now twice. And we've only managed to score three goals. I'm sorry. Uh, there's something wrong there. So you're telling me that if this was a group play where everybody else is getting, getting the opportunity to score, you're telling me that between Reno and Tacoma, which it isn't, there's other teams that are involved in this, but if it was just group play, you're telling me that Tacoma and Reno have spanked this team for 17 goals and we can only muster three. I'm sorry. When we play them on September 2nd, it needs to be a bloodbath because we're five goal, five uh, five goals separate us in uh, Reno. We're level on points with Reno having a game in hand. We got to start putting some goals on the uh, on teams and, and hurting them. And who knows? Maybe in this 10-day period, I don't know what OC's uh, schedule looks like, but you might see that we pick up a game against Orange County in the next 10 days. USL is all full and... Uh, they're trying to make matches happen. So we might have a match against Orange County here in that 10-day window. I think that's the, the next question that, you know, I'm curious for us to ask someone on the team, maybe the USL, when this game is going to be rescheduled. 
because if we take a look at like Orange County schedule uh, for, you know, this break that we have until the second, they have games back to back, actually, too. They have midweek games on Tuesday, uh, another game on Saturday, and then another game on that same Wednesday we play against uh, T2. That I'm surprised, I don't know about you, John, that they have not picked a date for this match yet. When you would think they already have, they would already have that because you have playoffs set to start. You're going to have to push them back, I'm assuming, at this point. But it's really surprising that they don't have a date there yet. And I think they should decide soon. They should announce it. I mean, let's, let's you know, sit back and look at the schedule because we are not too far away from September. Uh, season is supposed to end on uh, October, on the beginning of October, October 3rd, actually. And you don't have that game rescheduled. That game might end up being critical. The way things are looking like, that game might be what decides if you are first place or second place in the group, especially if it is played after that last game. Which, not saying it's too bad, because, I mean, let's consider that Reno has actually played their games. They haven't had a game postponed. You might get to that last game if it is after Reno plays their last game, when you play what would be your last game on the third. Already knowing what Reno's position is on the table. On the flip side, if they if their goal differential is much higher than yours, this it's going to be kind of complicated. You know, you might already have that second place just to yourself because. That goal differential is uh, too far ahead from yours. So I'm just curious when they're going to do that game. Is it going to be after? Is it going to be, I mean, I don't know, is it possibly a midweek, I guess, if they could find somehow like a slot? But they should really announce it already, especially being that, you know, the the game was postponed a while back. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I'll tell you this. The way the schedule breaks down, this game is going to be taking place on a Wednesday, and it's going to be October 7th. If, if, if it all plays out the way it's supposed to, you get five days between um, – well, four days after the end of the Reno season. Um, we finish the season on the 2nd, or we're supposed to have the season finished on the 2nd, which is a Friday. Mm-hmm. I could see them doing this on the 6th of October or the 7th of October. You give the teams three days to recover. You play on that Tuesday or Wednesday and go from there. So you would have playoffs start on the weekend that following, weekend. right? On the 10th? So, yep. Playoffs start on the 10th. So that could potentially, I mean, that could be good or bad, right? Because they're going to be playing midweek. Then you have a playoffs game. If they're not second place, you're going to have to travel. Yep. If you're first place, then, I mean, you're looking, you get to have uh, another home game. But even so, the team you're playing against is... Probably not going to play. I mean, unless it happens to be Orange County and they uh, end up staying there if you're already first place, which would be kind of funny, actually. But I don't, so no. I don't. I don't necessarily. Who do you want to play? Do you want to play Phoenix? Do you want to play Orange County? It's going to come down to that. Yeah. You take first. You play Orange County. You take second. You play Phoenix. I would rather play Orange County. I want to win, so I know I need to win this group. I don't want to play Phoenix in the playoffs, especially for after what's happened last year with them. They're angry. 
<laughs> so, you know, all these things are, 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 it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward, but you know, that's, that's the, the nature of the beast and we'll see. So. I, I mean, you know, we, and you know, not just you, but also me, I, I've been talking about Phoenix. They're going to take first place. If you end up being second place, you're going to play against them. But looking at the group now, Phoenix, he has nine games played. They have 20 points. Orange County, you know, they still have three games like in hand, 14 points currently. If they win those three games, they could potentially be three points above Phoenix. Surprisingly, even though we see Phoenix with the overwhelming 28 <laughs> goals scored and uh, Orange County so far just seven, I don't think it'd be far-fetched to think that you might see an Orange County taking that first spot. That would probably be the surprise. Orange County's also played three less games. So they could essentially be, they should be either tied at the top of the table or ahead with 23 points had they gotten most of those games in. They've had three games postponed. So we'll see what happens. I think for the main thing for them is they want to win their group because they want to, they want to show that they're not to be messed with. And, you know, the Loyals still have kind of a shot. They've played nine games, but, you know, when you have only, when you have not lost, you've played six games, you've won four, drawn two. You're, you've beaten Phoenix once. Hey, Orange County can win that group. Therefore, I would want to take second to play Orange County just so I don't play Phoenix because Phoenix can score. And that's a, that's a different story. I don't <laughs> want to get into that right now. I don't want to, I don't want the, uh, I don't want to see this yet, but. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, um, we'll, we'll see. But It'll be an interesting closing, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's going to be intense. That's all we know. I think Reno, Sacramento, Phoenix, Orange County, they're going to be head-to-head to the very end. I think it's going to take probably the last two games to decide who is first, who is second. I give no faith to the rest of the teams. I think Loyal yesterday proved to me that as much as I had ready. faith in them yesterday, they're – they're not there. I'm sorry, Fairweather Podcast, but they're not there. They're not ready It's yet. a two-team group, Phoenix, Orange County, us and Reno. When that group, if that group actually has a decided first place, which might be, especially if Orange County doesn't uh, pull those points, then we are going to start talking about, hey, you guys need to step it up. We need to beat Reno. You do not want that second spot. You cannot go to Phoenix and expect to do a good match, especially the way we're playing now. You need to get that first spot, play at home, and then you got Orange County. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the meantime, while you're waiting for the next match on the second, you can actually run over to Combat Sports in Sacramento and Rockland and check out our partner, the California Storm's new Puma kit. Now, this kit is awesome. It comes in black for the away and blue for the home. Uh, they're also selling sweatshirts and some quarter zips, uh, polos potentially. But uh, our partners, the California Storm, are now sponsored by Puma. You can check them out at calif- calstormsoccer.com or at calstormsoccer on Instagram and Twitter, as well as California Storm on Facebook. So don't forget to check them out. Um, we'll be talking a little bit about them tomorrow on Our Cup of Tea at 6.30 with Liz and myself. So uh, if you're listening to this Monday, which you probably are, tonight, 6.30 live with uh, Lisa Reitzman of Street Soccer USA and discussing her new initiative that she just got started. And 
you can reboot well, is also at Combat Soccer too. If you need to donate some boots. Yeah, if you guys haven't bought one, go get yourself one, and also get it customized. Customized is just nine dollars for a name and number. Really affordable, and who doesn't like a customized jersey with your name on it or with your favorite player's name on it? Just as we said uh, earlier in the show with uh, Becca customizing it with uh, Sabrina's name there too. So if you guys actually want to see the list of the players, again, visit their website. And uh, Liz actually updated all the players, all the squad for the upcoming season. It's all there. So check it out again on their website, calstormsoccer.com. So we did, as we said earlier, want to let you guys know that on our next episode, we are actually going to be interviewing, again, our podcast magic. He's a fan favorite Republic player. It'll actually be the third time we have him here on the pod, and that's uh, Billion Bijev. So stay tuned this week so we can let you know when that episode will be posted. Likely might be Wednesday, Thursday. So stay tuned on Wednesday morning, and you know we'll let you know if it will be posted on Wednesday. And so you can check it out. And remember... If you want to ask questions, if you want a shout out, please check out our Patreon again, patreon.com slash FC to join our squadron, which is again, our official supporters group there. So please check that out. And thank you to everyone who has helped us through the squadron and actually on and also through our tip jar as well. We really appreciate it. Well, that's all we have for today's episode. A special thanks to our community of awesome people for taking the time to listen to us each and every week and as well as watching our live shows. We started this as a hobby with a goal to give people more coverage about soccer in Sacramento. We found ourselves growing to talk about soccer everywhere. We couldn't have done it without the amazing support from each and every one of you. And to that, we say cheers and thank you. So until Tuesday with Villian, We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.